1: This is J-Dubb and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs-Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike
2: Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. Will you say, this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always on Mondays, my good friend, Aberra. Ibera. Michele, oh, what's up?
1: I'm scrolling stats on Cleaning the Glass mm. because I'm amazed about his team. Mm. I, just, I just like to see Isaiah Joe's number. <laughs> like, it's insane.
2: It this team is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's just I absolutely mean, insane.
1: Yeah, I had a blast over the past three home games. I, I, I don't care about the the two home games, sorry. Um the last yeah. three games, one wasn't on the road. Um I mean it happens that a team like Atlanta can come in hot and you don't play your best defense and you lose by by a tiny, tiny amount. But to come back and have this kind of game against Cleveland Granted didn't have their star, but but still. I mean, the defense was there, and it wasn't there. (laughs) Like, not for Shea, at least. (laughs) Right? It's it's incredible how easy he makes it look. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter who's in front of him, yeah, there are players that can make it a little bit tough, but most nights, it's just Shea being amazing, and the team just rally
2: behind him. Dude, that game was on Friday night. Uh, one that kind of feels like forever ago uh two he he just controlled so much of that game he got in there everybody it felt like everybody else didn't really know what to do didn't really know how to handle that Cavs team and he got in there and he's like no i got this and he just like found these little seams here and there and i don't quite understand how he does it sometimes shout out to m webb says we should call this the oklahoma city funder yeah definitely super fun theme um he's the only one that had it going in the first quarter and he cut he just kept them afloat until the thunder started to figure stuff out and credit to to mark for just trying a bunch of stuff and seeing what worked for him to be brave enough um Man, to be brave enough to try those small lineups against that Cavs team when it's like, okay, we need – you could say to yourself as a coach, like, okay, they're playing two traditional bigs almost all the time. We at least need to have one in there all the time. You know, and Mm -hmm. they didn't do that. You know, they went with Kenrich at center, and it was awesome. Like, that lineup was, again, ridiculous. And that's just something that I think that you can keep in your back pocket for this season, for next season, if you possibly play in a playing game. Like that's probably should be the lineup that starts and plays a majority of the minutes together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's they're just so much fun to watch, man. It it all starts with Shea and just his incredible shot making, and like Dean Wade. Dean Wade just did not stand a chance. Poor guy. Like the minute that he came into the game, we were and, searching for him. And yeah, the minute that he came into the game and Shea saw him, he was like, "Okay, there it is. There's the weak spot." Yeah, got him. Got got him switched on. Just attacked him, and then easy step back, mid range jumper, splash. Like it's over. Like sorry, Dean Wade, yeah. it's over. Uh, even Kar- Karis Levert like super sucked in that game. He was really really bad. Um, I
1: like the qualifier in that
2: game. But go on. <laughs> he has he has his moments. Yeah, he, he's just so. What would make me just so frustrated as a Cavs fan about Karis Irving is like he was just so unnecessary. Like it was just so unnecessary to acquire him. You know, to to use any sort of anything to get him I was just like ah, like you could have used that for like some like wouldn't, like Royce O'Neill. Like Royce O'Neal could have been had for basically the same trade package, mm-hmm. and like Royce would be. Amazing, like he's kind of the guy they're missing there in Cleveland. But instead, they got Karis Levert, who's like definitely a more talented player than Royce O'Neal. But it's like it's not always all about talent. Like it's sometimes it is about fit and like what you can do to fill in the gaps of the other players. And you know the Thunder are trying to figure out right now, like how do we fill in the gaps around Shea? And we
1: use Aaron Wiggins. That is the answer almost every time. When the, when Aaron Wiggins not the answer, Isaiah Joe is.
2: <sighs> yeah, Aaron Wiggins is almost always the answer. Eight and zero with Aaron Wiggins in the starting lineup. When when they put that starting lineup out, where it was Wiggins, the the two Jalen Williamses, no Dort Dorts. I think Dorts gonna be out again against the uh, the Warriors tonight. Um, Giddy and Shea, but like that lineup, I was like, this is very interesting. I was sitting next to Joe Misato. Um, and I was just like, man, Joe. Like, what are they gonna? <laughs> are they gonna? They're putting this to the test tonight, because they're seven and zero. It's like, okay, this is a tough one. Even without Donovan Mitchell, like you, you knew that Mitchell wouldn't play going into it, and even still, like Garland and those two bigs, like that's enough. Like that's <laughs> that's still a good team, and you just thought, man, like you're. This is where you're gonna blow it. Um. So that was interesting to see them do that, and I asked Mark like after the game. I just said, "You guys are eight and zero when you start Aaron Wiggins." Like, do you have any commentary? And he just gave me a sarcastic answer. He was like, "Yeah, it just means I'm going to start him forever for the for the rest of this you know decade. We're going to start him you know every single night and win every single game." No, he just, I mean, he just kind of talked about how Wiggins is a winning player, you know. Yeah, and I think that that's true. I think there's just you. You can try to like figure out like that winning stat. Okay, like what does that mean? Like honestly, it doesn't mean a whole lot. You look back at all the games and that they played. Sure, like things could have gone one way or the other, and it doesn't mean like Aaron Wiggins is much worse if they were like six and two. If yeah. you know when he starts, but the fact remains that like he is just. A winning player like I think that's just full stop I think he helps you win and he fills in gaps he shoots the ball well he's a smart cutter off ball uh there's just a lot to like and our guy Al Baby Cakes, had the I needed to find his tweet about the uh the Wiggins agenda here it is yeah the update updated <laughs> Wiggins agenda stats so when Aaron Wiggins plays zero minutes when he doesn't play at all dnp three and eight when he plays zero to 20 minutes they're nine and 12. when he plays 20 plus minutes they are 12 and five pretty good pretty good
1: good? yeah and you a couple of minutes ago uh you were saying hey kenrich um was against one those bigs, um, and you like you tweeted about it uh during the night. I mean, Wiggins played against um, even Mobley, yeah, and he played him quite well. Dude. This is not an easy task. I mean, Mobley had the three, that's going. an
2: understatement, that's an understatement of the year, right there. This is not an yeah, easy yeah, task. but let's
1: let's downplay it, uh, let's downplay it a little bit just, just to say, hey, um. It's 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 not playing against Embiid or or Yanis or uh, it's not Mobley is not an all star but the the mismatch is there. Um, he's taller. Um, he's at least as strong as Wiggins, probably a bit more. And you have to hold him away from rebounds. It's not just holding him away for from scoring baskets. Mm-hmm. It's also hey he cannot destroy us on the board. Yeah. You have to box out mm-hmm. every single second. And on the other side of the court. Either you lure him away, or you you make you need to make yourself useful out there. Yeah, you, you can't just play one end. And Wiggins Wiggins does that. I mean, if you if you forget about him for a second, he's laying it up because he's doing a backdoor cut or something else. He's always at work. He will have bad games offensively. I mean, he played against Houston and he was not good. Um, Overall, he's a guy that when the team needs some player that can do whatever is needed on defense and his part in offense, he's there. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's not the vocal leader that Kenrich is. Kenrich is starting to be really loud. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can tell that, that he is that guy. Yeah. But Wiggins is the silent leader, he, he does all the stuff. Uh, and, and and I mean, it's 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 just a great find, and mm-hmm. and the the way in which he finishes at the rim, it's not easy. It's not always easy finishes. It's no. like difficult ones. Yeah. So I think that he he has even room to grow as a as an offensive weapon.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's just an interesting piece in all of this, and obviously the Thunder have, their like core of players, and it's not difficult to find the core of players. It's Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, you know, of the guys that are currently playing, and then you can obviously add Chet to that. Like, those are the guys who have guaranteed minutes every single night that are going to play. Like, they're not going to DNP any of those guys. And then it's just like, who? then figuring out the rest of the guys. Okay, we feel really good about Kenrich. I think Kenrich is a guy that sticks around. He plays. And then it's like, who else? You could make the argument that you feel like the most confident, not that he has the highest ceiling of any of these guys, but just the most confident, and a guy like Aaron Wiggins just working because of the way he cuts off ball, because of the way he defends, because of the way he fits in offensively and doesn't have to take shots. You know, He's shooting yeah. 38% from three this year. It's on a low volume, but he's shooting well. He's shooting 50% from, from the field shoots 81% from the line. Like there's just not a lot of holes in his game. You know, he passes the ball well. There's just a lot to like about him. You know, per 36, if, you know, if they gave him that many, he's only taken 9 shots a game, so he's not like really low usage, but he's almost 13 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's not that's bad. You know, you're going to need somebody that's low usage on this team to just kind of soak up minutes off the bench. And I think that he could definitely be one of those guys.
1: Yeah. Quick trivia on the guy we were discussing before, uh, Aaron Wiggins. Um, Tell me, from the top of your head, the net rating of any lineup that had Kenwich-William as a center.
2: Oh, gosh plus 13
1: nope try again
2: plus 17
1: close not there
2: plus 19. exactly wow
1: 400 possession not a not a huge sample size um
2: not the smallest still could be smaller
1: could be smaller it's a quarter of the of the possession that Shea played for the season so it's it's, it's 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 not small Mm -hmm. and again um this tells me something that whenever you have players that can play a role that are good enough shooters and you have space those lineups are going to work Mm -hmm. um and i i mean i can't wait to see lineups with chad kenrich dort like playing in, in wiggins and I don't know, put anyone, and Shea, mm-hmm. put that lineup at test. I mean, who's going to score on a lineup like that when you have a real rim protector, two, two two, three guys that can really play punt of attack
2: defense? <laughs> I don't know. Because I mean, the thing about this season, and I, we pointed this out and other people pointed this out too, but like Shea has really started to care about how he defends. Mm-hmm. And has started to make a lot more of an impact. He had that play in the corner. I think it was a coro. No. Oh yeah. Was that a coro in the corner? I
1: uh, know it was Stevenson. I think.
2: Yes, Stevenson. They look the same. Um, Stevenson was in the corner and shoots a three ball. He blocks it, saves it. Yeah. Before it goes out of bounds.
1: Or was it a coro?
2: Dude, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. But anyway. Um, Lamar Stevens, I think, I think that's who it was. Uh, Lamar Stevens, oh my gosh, I've said his name wrong 500 times. Um, anyways, that block was so it was just it felt really significant, you know, it felt like a significant moment. And Shea's just like willing to play both ends, man. And that's a big deal when your star is willing, and now he's going to have to be willing to do it when this team is making the playoffs and making, like, big pushes. But, like, setting the tone early on is a big deal because it's usually kind of the other way around. Like, Tatum, it took him a minute to get engaged defensively. Uh, Devin yeah. Booker, at this stage of his career, was completely disengaged as a defender and then has slowly gotten better. But if Shea can be engaged from the jump from here right away... One, it's going to set the tone of his teammates. Two, it's going to help the Thunder. B, I mean, if 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 Chet is anything like we think he's going to be, this could be a top-five defense next year. You know?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a bell pepper take. If Chet is who he is, I mean, come on. They are a top-eight defense right now.
2: <sighs> I know. Isn't that crazy?
1: Like, it is crazy. That's why it's a bell, pe-
2: bell isn't pepper. Isn't that just insane that they're – I mean, if, let's let's take a look at where their stats are today, because yeah, the the fact that they're as high as they are in defensive rating on the season, eighth. The only the only teams that rank higher than them in defense, the Pelicans, the Sixers, the Heat, Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Cavs.
1: That's yeah. it. And I bet you that by this, if I mean, I don't have very good vibes about. New Orleans being a great defense for the entire season. Mm-hmm. They they're right there. They they can be a top seven defense this season without Chet Omgren. And with a lot of players being on the improvement areas on defense as well. Giddy yeah. is starting to show something on defense. They
2: at times he had some rough moments in that Cavs game, I will say. Yeah, he had.
1: Yeah, but on both ends, it was just he had a few moments where he was yeah no, In
2: the sure. first half he was like completely out of sorts. Yeah, we we're just like, What is it, what's going on here? Like I don't know if he was just like frustrated or like trying to figure out this cavity. I don't know what was going on, but like there was definitely like a moment where you're watching, and you're like, Okay, where is he? Like what's what's yeah. going on here?
1: There was also always the feeling with Gee that his mistakes are loud. I mean yeah, the same pass. The turnovers I,
2: were loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I bet you that he makes this the very similar pass and he completes it. Because his brain is processing the game at a, at a certain with, with certain data. Then yeah, that's not working against the calves. And he, but like that is working on his mind for ninety-nine percent of the opponents, just not the calves. Yeah. And he's not adjusted. Uh, but he will adjust.
2: Yeah. He did down the stretch, like he scored a ton of points for them down the stretch, and really helped yeah. deliver that win for them. He played really well and played more physical defense as the game went along. Um, it was just kind of strange, but he's still young and still like figuring stuff out. So it's like not, not like a uh, like a warning sign or anything like that. It's just like just like something that I took note of, and you know, sure, would like to see more of him against opponents like this, you know, and see how he reacts.
1: But isn't it? great to see a player that is still struggling at times There are very like there's a lot of player like jdub JW. JW is not there defensively yeah but you can see moments where oh okay that is that is jdub that is a block on a floater mm-hmm. nice that uh, these yeah, are like so two three possessions where you can see wow that that guy <laughs> that guy can do stuff mm-hmm. and and they are eighth. With, with this like with all this, um I mean qualifiers saying yeah get it, get <laughs> with, it's not it's not the it's not youngest great team
2: that. in the league man the youngest team in the league is the eighth yeah. best
1: and and the thing that one other thing that we already mentioned it but I want to stress this mm-hmm. and I will stress it for the entire episode and maybe more Wade the let's find Wade and just destroy him yeah kind of thing yeah this is stuff where that you can see, maybe in matchups where you you say, okay, I I really need to to think about a way to exploit who they have on the court mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want to them to 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 start the court at any moment. So let's trying to find their shooter slash awful defender and pl- force the other team to to make an adjustment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they did, like they were composed enough to play to the game plan and whoever had the ball and was guarded by Wade it's let's go to the basket time yeah and it worked yep So this is incredible for a team to that to have the composure to be patient find the right matchup and then cook mm-hmm. find the right matchup and then cook it's it's not super duper easy and um, and again they they did it yeah and it's it's year one of this team that plays for place to win mm-hmm. and to develop i mean mm-hmm. the fact that they were playing jeng who is clearly not functional to winning right now um and this is probably an understatement um <laughs> they played him 10 minutes they were awful in those minutes and they still won the game quite easily like it's it's a 12 point game it's 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 great yeah it's, uh, i don't know
2: yeah. I like that they're going to get him developmental minutes and it's going to take him time to kind of get back a little bit with Jang. Cuz I I asked Mark about it post game and he's like, "Listen, it's not time to like evaluate how he's playing. Like he just he needs no. some more time to figure it out." Um which I was res- I I like the answer because it's just it is like they're just so process oriented and they don't really care about the results quite as much, but like they say that but then also like the minute that he saw it not working with that lineup where it's like, okay, this is the the lineup where you just kind of start drowning, you know? And like, how long can you stay underwater before it just all goes away? And Jang got pulled pretty quick. And then Trey Mann got pulled pretty quick. Oh, and then very quickly. And then after those guys were gone, they went on a run. And so... And those guys need to be able to see the moments where it's like, hey, listen, you can't survive in this game against that team, the number one defense in the NBA, with multiple all-stars on the floor. Like, you're not, you're not ready for that. And, like, you, you, showed, you showed me you're not ready for that. Now, go back in the lab, go back and practice, and then come back to the table... And, like, play against the Warriors Monday. You'll get another chance against the Warriors. Let's see if you can play an extended stretch where I don't have to pull you. Because Mark will do that. He did that with, with J-Will. J-Will played really good against the Cavs. And he got mm-hmm. some extended run. He hit that three and, like, went berserk. And Mark had Muscala set to check in. And he told Muscala to go sit down. He said, he said let him rock. And he let him stay out there for a little bit because he was—he's playing with tremendous energy. He was making shots. He's rebounding. I thought—I think Jay will has taken a step forward recently, and for sure, and is like playing competently. You know, he's not like some great player or anything, but like he's playing competently, and like that's what he needs to do. He needs to show that the rest of the season, and I think he's going to get a chance. Uh, I don't know how much longer Jeremiah is going to be out. Um, but as long as he is, like, he's got to keep showing that, like, hey, like, I can play. Like, let me show you that I can play. Because if he can do that, like, that's – it's pretty important, I think, to to his career, especially with the Thunder that he plays well right now. And he is. You know, and it's important to everybody, honestly, because this year and next year, I don't think there's going to be wholesale changes to the roster. I think there's going to be adding Chet and adding the pick – from twenty three, whoever that is, wherever that is, if it's in the lottery or not in the lottery, like who knows? We just don't know yet. Um, and then I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot else going on. You know, like a, like the ringer today has like this Jakapertel trade that's there, and it's just like what? Like don't don't that's not a that's not going to be a thing. Like I can sit here with extreme confidence knowing that something like that's not going to happen. Like it's a, it's divergent from the plan. Like, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. And this is why I, th- I think we need to like, just take a step back from like any kind of trade. I don't care if it's for OG and Obi or for Pertle or for who, whoever else. Like, okay. Yeah.
1: Can not question you? Yeah. right There. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Suppose that San Antonio says, okay. Um, Okay, Poldo, but, but that's, to me, that's not giving you a lot of assets. But say, yeah. guys like Johnson and Vassell, like I know that they sound like core pieces, but if you want to, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility of saying, okay, let's get a few bites to the apple and trade them for other young players that we might believe on more than the team that is trading them plus picks Mm -hmm. like suppose the San Antonio comes to you and say okay I give you Vassell for two picks and three men same contract control just different player I'm not saying the San Antonio would do this because I I wouldn't
2: I don't think they will and I don't think the Thunder are necessarily looking to do stuff like that either to be honest
1: because of their lack of years before having to extend them
2: I think that's a part of it. Um, Also, I, I, I think, I think it's safe to say that like, they like all the guys throughout the roster, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and who wouldn't like, I like all the guys throughout the roster. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to give everybody a chance. And I think that like, if something dumb happens and they're like, yeah, we'll take Trey man and your lottery protected 23 pick for Vassell. Like, sure. But like, there's just no way. like there's no no way that San Antonio says yes to anything like that. Um, so like barring something insane like that, they're not going and saying like, oh, I mean, they just don't even have any clue what they need. It'd be like me going to the grocery store having no clue what we need in the refrigerator or in the pantry and just like my and not being able to talk to my wife. And they're just going to the grocery store and just grabbing stuff and then coming home, but crap, like we already have a ton of this stuff. Like, what are we doing? Like, the Thunder don't know what they have in the pantry. They don't know what's in the fridge yet. Like, they have to figure that out over the course of the rest of this season and all of next season before that they can even say, "Okay, we know what we have. We know what we don't have." You know, I mean, you think about the moves that they made before they. Or what they had to do before they went and acquired um, uh, Tyson? They first tried to acquire Tyson Chandler and it didn't work out, and then they went and got Perk. So, like, they knew one that they were a good team before they made that acquisition, and then two, they kept hitting their head against the same problem over and over again. Right? It was we don't have any bigs up front. We have we play with zero force in our front court. And it was like, you can call it the Jeff Green problem. You know, they mm-hmm. had a Jeff Green problem. Jeff Green was a talented player, but they had a Jeff Green problem when play, with, playing in the West, against the Spurs, against the Lakers, against the Grizzlies, against all those big teams, they could not they couldn't beat those teams. Even Denver, like Denver played big, and the Thunder couldn't beat Denver because they played so big. The Thunder haven't even had a chance to have those games yet to know, mm-hmm. like okay, we're hitting our head against this over and over again, and we can't get over this one thing. It's we need a wing shooter or we need this. Um, you know, you can't you you can't go and acquire somebody yet because you don't know what you need. They have no clue what they need. They need to go out there and and win. They they've played well for a month and a half. Yeah. That's how long that they've been good. That's not enough time to know what you need and what you don't need. They need to get out they need to get out there on the court next year with Chet. And then that's when you start to figure out if they become a really good team next year and they have a team where they win 48 games next year. And they find out that along the way, hey, these are the teams that we can't beat. This is the way... These are the games that we can't win. Then, great. Maybe in the summer, you can address some one of those needs with a younger player that can grow with this team. Awesome. Until then, it just is nonsensical to try to fill, fill in the gaps of something you don't even know that you might... Like, Jang could develop rapidly over the summer and come back and be great. You give yeah. J-Dub an entire summer... To just work on his game? Like, what does he look like when he comes back? Like, what if what if all your possessions as an offensive team are soaked up now that you have him, Giddy, Shea, and Chet? And you're like, you know what? That's like our offensive core. Like, yeah. now we just need role players. And then, like, Jang or who we pick in 23 or... Talked about Wiggins. What if Wiggins gets a lot better? Like we just don't know. What if Trey what if Trey Mann figures it out? What if over the summer Trey Mann just figures it out and is able to get a step back jumper going, his spot up threes falling, he is you know playing at least like with effort on defense and he comes back in his third year. And a lot of a lot of people would point to like the third year is when a lot of guys do figure it out. And so giving up on a guy in their second year is just not wise. I mean, look at Josh Green for the Mavs. You could have easily told the Mavs, like, hey, you know what? You should just give up on that dude. He is a lost cause. He stinks. He was horrible in in year two. Like, just straight up bad. And then he came back in his third year, and Josh Green, by golly, Josh Green figured it out. Josh Green is now, like, a really valuable player to now, like, he's not playing right now because he's injured, but – when he comes like people are like, I'll just wait for Josh Green to come back, like they'll play a little better, you know. Like he's a guy on their team now. And so like I'm not ready to write off anybody or to say like somebody is this or somebody's that. Like, I have no clue. I just have no clue at all. We got Billy Martin in the chat right here. My guy, uh guitarist from Good Charlotte in the chat. All he wants is he just wants Trey Man to figure it out too. We gotta give Trey a chance. Like Me Trey, too. Trey has not looked good. There's no doubt about no. that, but to say that Trey is done is just—it's just foolish. And to I like give up on him now to go get somebody else that can help you win this year, get us to the plan. Like no, like that's a deviation from the plan. And like yeah. I'll just ask you a question: Like, do you think that Sam Press is the type of guy that's going to deviate from a plan that he has put in place because no. a team has played well for a month and a half? Like we just no. have to like really think about that.
1: Absolutely no, um, and. But I want to say something about um, the proposition to wait until you know which teams you can't beat. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that I fully support this, mm-hmm. meaning yes, you need to know where are your deficiencies yeah. uh, like, but you also need to be mindful about what is that can make you great, mm-hmm. which is not the same. I mean, in, in hindsight. Would you redo the perk trade or would you just say, okay, Serge, you play center. I I don't care. I don't care. You take the beat up. Um, We trade Jeff Jeff Green away for another wing that can play defense um, instead of perk. Because what makes you great is having space around Russ, KD, and Harden. And mm-hmm. this is the way mm-hmm. in which you could maximize your talent, not just matching up with Bynum or whoever yeah. or, or Pogasol or or guys like that. Um, so if you find a player out there that next year increase what is your concept of basketball, what, like I, I don't know who that player is, to be honest with you. Um, Vassell was just a name to say, hey, uh a rookie a guy on a rookie scale deal um that is not on a max level tier that can help you. Mm-hmm. Um and that maybe a team doesn't really want to pay because it doesn't match whatever they are trying to do. Vassell is not the San Antonio star. This yeah. is why I mentioned Vassell. Not 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 to
2: I don't think that by the way, like I just don't think they would trade him.
1: Me neither, me neither, because they would be foolish, but you know, yeah. Um, the problem is like finding
2: that guy, and that's this is where I would just say, like, to anybody, not just to you, Mikel, is like, find me that guy because, like, we can talk conceptually about like a young player that fits the thunder, that's mm -hmm. gettable, that has a high ceiling. It's like, man, like, those guys just don't exist. Like, the guy, like, like. Let's look at the twenty twenty draft. Like that's I would, I would
1: give a, I would try to, to 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 lure away myself with two picks. To be honest with you,
2: I just don't know that if it doesn't I just work. I don't know that San Antonio right. would even do that though. I just don't know they're that not San getting Antonio anywhere. That yeah, because then it's like okay, who else from that draft? Like Pat Williams from the Bulls. Like I just don't think the Bulls are ready to to get rid of from of Pat Williams. He would fit fine here. Yeah. Um. You want Denny Obdia? I don't want Denny. No,
1: no. Why 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 are you no?
2: I'm just throwing out names, man. Like No, get, you know I'm, that I that I don't like him. Throwing out gettable names here, man. Uh you no. give you giving up multiple picks for Sadiq Bey. What?
1: Why? I, I'm just saying. I'm, multiple I'm just picks like, I'm,
2: for a guy that he's a
1: traffic cone? No.
2: He's a very he a traffic cone that scored fifty points in a game. Uh J- I,
1: I don't need a guy that, that needs to score. I need a guy that can make decisions.
2: Jaden please. No. Yeah. No. I mean, like that's I'm, and like those are like all the guys from that draft. I don't know, like we're not going down the James Wiseman route. We like no. we know we're not. And then you have no. to go like go to the nineteen draft. Okay, who's there? Like Jared Culver's already like cooked. He's already toasted, roasted, oh, gone. No. No. Um then it's like like Rui just got dealt, Cam Reddish like no like don't no if you ever type the name Cam Reddish in my at on Twitter ever again like I'm I'm just gonna lose my mind. Uh, P.J. Washington is somebody that people have shown interest in. <sighs> no. Yeah. I'm
1: Inconsequential.
2: Out. Yeah, exactly. I'm out on that too. Like, there's just not like that player like theoretically just doesn't really exist.
1: So I you know. don't like Vassell. Okay, 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 okay. You I know. like
2: Vassell. I, get I just it. why Forget would the it. why in the world would the Spurs want to give up on Vassell already? I don't know. I mean it to would
1: accumulate more assets and be bad. Yeah,
2: I honestly think the Thunder are still closer to asset acquisition mode than they are going to get a player mode. Yeah. Don't be surprised if they go and get another pick. Don't be surprised. If that's so a, that
1: maybe they can offer three this summer against Vassell. <laughs> I like it.
2: They have three now. They don't need. They don't need to get one more so they can get Vassell. Hey,
1: but they they would give up one less if they can get one more.
2: I would just say that I think asset acquisition is is still where they should be because like they're still the youngest team in the league. They still don't know what they have and they don't know what they need. Like, that's, yeah. that's, like, just if you just, like, break it all down, like, that's where they are. And just, like, the, the coolest part of all of that is that they're actually, like, good. And you're in this place. Which yeah. is just a, it doesn't, like, it doesn't guarantee you anything. But it's certainly, like, underneath the surface, like, there's something just kind of percolating. Uh, okay, we need to take a quick break uh, right on the other side of this break. Uh, We're going to talk more Thunder Basketball. We'll be right back.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more.
2: And we're back after that quick break. Uh, McKellie, I'm looking at the injury report for tonight's game against the Golden State Warriors in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's an icy day in OKC. I had to – uh <laughs> took my kids to school this morning, dropped them off, went to the gym, and then got a text from the school that they were canceling school, and I had to go pick them right up, right after that. So it's been a weird day in Oklahoma City. Um, for the Thunder, Lou Dort. Is out. Uh, Eugene is on a two-way assignment. So is Lindy, and Jeremiah is still out with possibly the worst right ankle sprain in the history of the NBA. Uh, yeah, how many weeks? It's five weeks already. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm gonna ask tonight if there's any updates on him because it's like this is a this is a long time to have no Jeremiah Robinson Earl. But anyways, significantly, no Dort tonight. Against the Warriors. Uh, Andre Iguodala is out for the Warriors. Everybody else is playing. So, like, that's great news for Thunder fans who are going to go down to the game tonight and get to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, JP, Draymond. Hopefully, we get to see some antics tonight between Draymond and and Kenny Hustle or somebody else. And maybe we get to see a little James Wiseman action here in OKC. So, should be a fun game. Um, But they... The Thunder... Have surpassed their preseason total, uh, which was supposed to be 23 games. There are 24. Uh, they're also currently they have won the same amount of games that they did last year, which was 24. <laughs> and they will easily surpass that even if they do not win tonight. Um, this would actually be a really big one for the Thunder. They have some easy games upcoming, but like if the Thunder could get this game, which is not impossible, the Warriors are six and 18 on the road so far this season, really bad. So yeah, this, they
1: have to start winning. So it's it's not an easy one tonight.
2: No, like there's pressure, certainly. Yeah, There's pressure on the Warriors to, to get a win in OKC. So I'm very intrigued to see this one because the Thunder have started to taste a little bit of winning and they like it and they want more of it. And the Warriors know how to win and have known how to win for... A long, long time, and so I'm, I'm just extremely curious if the Thunder can uh, pull this one out tonight in OKC. Yeah,
1: it's not easy to, to, to have a good defense against the Warriors, especially without, without Ludort. I mean, he is, it's not the greatest off-ball player, right? But he's a guy that can really guard a point of attack. That can be physical with Raymond when he's screening, and it will be tough against against him. I mean, Steph Curry is still, I mean, insanely difficult to to defend. And not having, I mean, it, it's not dissimilar conceptually as Garland, even if he plays a lot more. Curry plays a lot more of ball than Garland. Yeah, um, and, and and I mean, it it's again. It will be a test to see what this defense can do without, without Odort. Offensively, I think that OKC can can create problems because they they will need to to have like a, a strong game against j and and Giddy and mm-hmm. and Shay because I mean mm-hmm. the worst don't have so many tall defenders that can keep all these guys away away from the paint. Yeah. Um, they can do it to a certain degree, um, but if you lure them out with a guy like Muscala or, or stuff like that, then it's it's a bit tougher. So we'll see. I'm very curious to see who is going to guard Shea. It's probably going to be Clay. I think it's going for to be me? Clay.
2: Yeah, to start yeah. with.
1: I, I I know that you said it already, but is Wiggins playing? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe also Andy some, Wiggins. some of Wiggins a little bit.
2: Yeah, for sure. We have the Andrew Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. Non brother matchup tonight. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, Divincenzo has been pretty good too. Like he'll he'll get a chance as well. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not. He's a little bit more Dean Wade than he is a, a stopper.
1: No, he can be okay. He can be. He's not the guy that you necessarily want to drive to at every single possession. Um, but he's not a Shea stopper. I don't. I don't envision him. There's
2: not a Shea stopper on this team not anymore. Like Clay's not that guy anymore. Wiggins has not been that guy this year. Wiggins yeah. has not had the best season this year. Yeah. Um So I'm just I don't know. It's a very intriguing matchup. On paper, this is a better this is a better team, you know. Um yeah. Oh, and I just got news that the uh the Warriors have recalled Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Moses Moody from the G League. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get to see Moses Moody sitting on the bench for the Warriors tonight.
1: I was thinking about Baldwin a couple of days ago for no reason. Wow! Wow! Yeah, sicko. No, I was thinking about draft prospects that were okay shooters or on paper okay shooters, but yeah. never made it. Yeah,
2: yeah. PBJ just is—he's a traffic cone. He's not. I mean, he's not going to play on this team. He needs to be on a bad team if you to like really see what he is. That's that's the problem. It's like. Their developmental story, like their big one since they've been good, is like is Jordan Poole. And Poole is Poole had a chance to play on a bad team. And like yeah. that's the biggest difference between all the rest of these guys. Cause he had a chance to play on a team that was putrid and got to spread his wings a little bit and got to figure it out, you know, in that in that one season. He played fifty one games and had a chance to just, like, go out there and get buckets. And he came back and got a lot better. And now, like, there's been some growing pains. He still had a good season, but there's been some growing pains with Poole. Um, And some of that, like, stuff that you saw in year one and in year two is like, started to rear its ugly head here with them. But, like, he's still one of their success stories. And you look at a guy like Kaminga, and Moody, and Wiseman, and PBJ, even like Ryan Rollins to a degree. like All those guys, it's like, hey, great. You have to fit in now because we have to win right now. And if you don't fit in, you won't play because we'll go find anybody else. We will play Anthony Lamb 20 minutes a game because we don't believe that you can help us. We'll play Ty Jerome 20 minutes a game because Moses Moody, you're not ready to help us yet. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just interesting. I, I think it's just hard. It's hard to make it in the NBA without actually getting to play games and getting to play minutes. And, like, that's also why it's important for the Thunder to take this slower for a guy like Usman Jang. Mm-hmm. Like, Jang's not going to just figure it out playing with the blue and playing in practice. Like, he's got to play in games. you got to play him in NBA games for him to figure it out. And it's not – it's going to be harder. It's going to get harder and harder to find minutes for him as his team continues to get better and better. You know, like it's, yeah. it's hard to develop guys on a good team.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's why, I mean, to me, is a huge credit to the coaching staff to be able to play Jang yeah. 10, 15 on a game like the one that we saw on Friday.
2: Yeah, and you still I mean, win. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You still, still won the game. Um, you gave him good minutes not not at the end of the game because he didn't serve that um and you still want to win the game um but 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 still i think that it's important for him to get touches touches with shay because he's getting minutes with shay
2: yeah
1: so it's it's again it's important and um they will do it this way they will not sacrifice completely developing guys like this um for just to get an extra win Yeah, Uh, they will they will try to win with the guys that they have, but with a very savvy uh, eye to the development of these guys. Um, I want to just to address one question, because it's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. as OKC is Jason Stewart, asking if OKC offensive structure is helping JDUb's development or not. Sure, having more touches is helping anyone's development uh he's helping Isaiah Joe as much as he's helping um jdub but i think that it's a little bit more on the opposite side like it's jdub skills that mesh really well with what, what okc wants to do mm-hmm. jdub is when jdub is rolling this is what what can make OKC make a leap offensively? It's yeah. the same as Giddy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, of course, the fact that he has the ball in his hands is clearly helping. Yeah. Um, but, but he is part of the reason, part of the construction, and since it's part of the construction, it's it's clearly, um, it, it's um, it's a two-way street. It yeah. it is what I want to say. Yeah. And and the same it's for Isaiah Joe, like. Is OKC helping Isaiah Joe? Sure. Definitely. Definitely. Is Isaiah Joe helping OKC in terms of playing style, uh, spacing? And yeah. Yeah. I think it's, again, it's putting players in the best position to succeed, but also taking players that are in line with what you want to put on the court. So in in this sense, um, I think it's, it's mutual. It's yeah. uh, more mutual than the, the Paul George trade.
2: Counting stats does doesn't necessarily equal success. No, and so like we have to realize that within all of this is like could J Dub be putting up like more, better stats if he was like the point guard for the Wizards? Definitely, but are you getting like the best outcome of him if that's what he is? Like I don't know. Like, the Thunder are definitely putting him in, an, in a ton of different positions, teaching him how to play, teaching him how to play correctly with this group. And he's doing it, and he's doing it very well. And he had nights where he pops like he did against the Cavs. Like he was very, very good against the Cavs. Uh, he was very, very good against Atlanta. Um, he's starting to figure some things out here and there where he gets a little bit better in these different areas. Like, I think he's becoming a better player. I think he's a lot better player than he was when he started the season. Could he just roll the ball out and just, like, play with the Rockets and, like, be their point guard next to Jalen Green and look a lot better as far as, like, counting stats go? Maybe. Maybe so. Maybe the stats look better if he's somewhere else. But, like, we can't equate that to, like, being better. Like, there's a lot of guys that put up stats that stink in the NBA. Like, there's there's a lot of guys that can go do that, especially on bad teams. So, like, we just have to be careful with equating that. Uh, McKellie, I know you got to go. But thanks for joining us today on Monday, as always. It's always fun to have you. I had somebody... I'm doing a Reddit AMA on Wednesday, so if you want to participate in that, do that. But somebody already asked an early question. They just asked if you could be on every single episode. Um, and so that's what that's <laughs> no. what they want. And then somebody was like, yeah, let's... Uh, you let's, would be bored no, by the
1: end of the first week, so...
2: No, let's, let's stick not, to Mondays. Tr- not true. We won't we won't kick the other guys off, but you know, we like Mondays with McKelly. Um so uh thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great Monday. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.